Friday of the long weekend in Canada, so we just want to let you know that we will be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. Uh, it is Thanksgiving, the oddly placed and and inferior Thanksgiving. I, mm-hmm. I, I I do believe that November should be when Thanksgiving is. You're starting to turn me. Up. I know. It, it, yeah. it makes sense because yeah. nothing in Canada happens in November, except for Remembrance Day, which we love. But I, I think beyond that, there's no like... Yeah, but it's not like a holiday. Yeah, it's not a holiday. It's a day of remembrance. Uh, So this is the thing. Like Americans, so we we, we have Halloween coming up and then we get nothing until Christmas after that. Mm. Right? Americans did it right. I'm just saying. Yeah, you should space it out and it makes more sense. And we're not going to be on Monday, but that does not mean we will be short on content released by the SDP. Why? What will we have? On Saturday, so tomorrow as of when we're recording this, you're going to get 11 season previews on our YouTube channel. On Sunday, you're going to get 11 season previews on our YouTube channel. And then on Monday, you're going to get 10. And then in audio form for you podcast listeners, you're going to get the entire Western Conference in audio form on Saturday and the entire Eastern Conference on Sunday. SDPN stands for lazy pieces of shit. I love that. um, I love that. uh, Jesse said we're not short on content. We can't be. Jesse's on the panel. Ah, we're tall on content, everybody. Yeah, he's tall on content. above average height <laughs> on content. I think I I think that there is a lot of uh, reasons to be excited this morning. Um, we've the got Jays, not the Jays. No, I do want to talk about that, but not yet. Um, we had a Gary Bettman press conference, mm-hmm. and uh, and listen, preliminarily, can I leave exactly as we thought. Uh, we think that the, the cap's going to go up by about four, four and a half million, which is great, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. We also found out that they are expecting um, some NHL expansion sometime uh, in the near future. Now, Kevin Weeks, who has jumped into the insider conversation in the last 18 months in a big way, like he oh, yeah. is, he knows a lot. Uh, he's, he's told South Forsyth in Atlanta uh, got state approvals through their development project and seems to be the leader of the pack of cities without an arena. The problem with this, for a lot of people who know uh, Atlanta and the greater Atlanta area, I don't even know if that's what it's qualified as, is Forsyth is 30 miles. Uh, I saw somebody say it was uh, something, it can be as much as an hour in traffic. And if you're going to a hockey game, it's at night in traffic. I think that was Steph Driver. Was that Steph yeah, Driver? Okay, I I'm I sorry. I didn't well. I didn't write the tweet down and then I couldn't find it. Oh, so, Driver talking about traffic. Yeah, that's right. Hey, oh. she would know. Um, and so uh, as exciting as it is, I think Atlanta, I mean, obviously there's so much money in Atlanta. There's a lot of room for hockey to thrive in Atlanta, but we've seen the challenges that a team like Arizona uh, we've seen a team, the seat like Sunrise, Florida instead of Miami. Um, I know that the Braves' new ballpark is not as close to the city center as it used to be. Um, they moved it 20 or 30 minutes outside of town. Hmm. But an hour outside of the greater Atlanta area seems to be pretty intense. Is it one of those things where the area is expanding fast enough that the hope is the community sort of grows around the building and the team because i mean look at where ottawa's arena is that's what they hoped there too yeah yeah and it didn't happen there but like my understanding is atlanta uh, for like a decade or something has been one of the fastest growing cities in north america yeah very there's a lot of sprawl yep um maybe that's what they're banking on 
It's an odd choice. It's an odd choice. It, it is. And, and I don't know what the... I, I actually, you know, I didn't do my demographic research on downtown Atlanta. I do know there's a lot of money in the suburbs. It's a very... It's a commuter city. It's that's So if they're looking for, hey, we expect these people to commute into the city and then they're going to come home anyway. And hey, look at that. There's a hockey arena down the way and it only costs 30 bucks to bring your family or whatever it's going to be uh, or 30 bucks for a ticket per family member. Oh, that seems like a pretty good thing to do on a Wednesday night. I don't know. What is Atlanta's rival city? Like you got a rival. Carolina? Car- like Raleigh? Raleigh? How how close is Raleigh to? I don't I don't know. I mean, they're uh, Georgia and uh, the and uh, uh, Raleigh are not that far away. I mean, they're like next. Like the thing is, states are so much smaller than provinces. Yeah, like no. you can drive for twenty four hours in Ontario and not leave Ontario. As a Canadian, I'm like I know geography, and then I get to the states and I name all the big ones, super easy, super quick, and then I kind of mumble through the Middle East coast. And yeah, um, so know. I don't was, know. was the arena seven hour issue- drive. Was the arena the issue in Atlanta? Because where the Thrashers played is currently where the Atlanta Hawks play. You know, and I don't think anybody's talking about moving the Hawks because of the arena situation. Why couldn't you just go back to its State Farm Arena in Atlanta? Yeah, it was the worst managed team in the NHL the entire time it was there. Yeah, and I don't think the the arena was necessarily the problem. Right? It doesn't they sound like it won. was. No, they, and it hasn't gone anywhere. They never won a playoff game. They they yeah. made the playoffs once and got swept. Mm-hmm. The um the Nash- upset, sorry the Nashville Predators are closer technically speaking. It's a four and a half hour drive, whereas uh, Raleigh's more like six and a half. Um, just in case anybody was wondering. But it's just it's weird to me that the first initial hurdle is like, hey, cities without an arena, they ha- they literally have the NHL arena that they played in. It's it's kind of a cautionary tale. Um, well, first of all, this isn't the only situation where an NBA team isn't allowing an NHL team in. Yeah, what is with these teams? Well, maybe it's getting around that the NHL is bad business. Well, for, no, no, it's I not. hope not. No. It's well, not then let them in. Forty-one. Then let them in. Forty-one dates isn't bad business. No, well, and, and let frankly, look at what happened in Vegas and Seattle. It's not bad business. But I'm looking. So this what's up. going on, guys? Look. So there's there's Atlanta, mm-hmm. and there's Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Forsyth is not Atlanta. Forsyth yeah, so, is Forsyth. So why are we talking about the arena down there when they have an arena? I that's a really Look, where's good where's question. State Farm Arena in terms of where that is? Uh, Forsyth, Georgia to State Farm Arena. It's like an hour and eleven minutes. So show me the. Is it? Yeah, State Farm Arena is like downtown. Downtown, is it not? Yes, right downtown. I don't. Right I don't middle. understand. I don't understand the 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 conversation that started from all of this. You can't call it Atlanta. Well, no, you can't. You'd have to. Call it's it like Georgia. calling like the Toronto Generals. Well, that's why you have to have like the Florida Panthers instead of the Miami Panthers or the Sunrise Panthers, mm. right? It's it's it, they'd be the Georgia whatevers, the Georgia Thrashers, mm. the Georgia Georgia Flaming Thrashers. But, and it's also this is a cautionary tale for uh, the Arizona Coyotes conversation because I I can't remember who said it. I want to say it was CJ actually. Um, if they were to take the Coyotes out of Arizona mm-hmm. and the NHL was looking at prospective places to put a new team, Arizona would be at the top of the list, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so they Atlanta keeps losing their NHL team, and they're like, oh, well, where should we put a new one? Well, there's Atlanta. <laughs> They do because it's big. And- Technically, it does fall. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> it, it does fall within the Atlanta, greater Atlanta metropolitan area. Yeah, right. but it's like Hamilton. Yeah. 
Uh, how do, see, this is such such tricky conversation for foreigners. Like yes. us, yeah. us three Canadians in Toronto talking about the, yeah, the but, locations of things in Atlanta. Like we're so uneducated on this. You know what we do get? Traffic. Mm -hmm. We understand it and we don't like it. And mm -hmm. that's part of why... Um, that's that's one of the good things about Toronto sports, actually, is the big arenas are centralized, kind of, and also right on the train line. Yeah, they they built them directly off of the Go Train. Yeah, yes, awesome. The Go and like, listen, the Go Train has its flaws. The TTC has its flaws, mm -hmm. but we get there. There there are two stops that are important: Exhibition to get to BMO and Union Station to get to the Rogers Center and AC or Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, I wonder if it comes down to the fact that whoever's interested there's obviously they've had these conversations there's clearly got to be an ownership group that's interested in this and they would probably be the ones that are you know that that probably called kevin weeks and said hey we're one of the people that's interested yeah. we have a plan to build an arena in forsyth here's why and the people even more interested in this are the 32 owners because when a new owner comes in they get they have to pay the expansion fee and the expansion fee is not privy to the players. It goes to 32 people that sit in that boardroom. That's it. Really? It's entirely to the it's owner. It's not HRR. They love expansion. Yeah. $650 million for Seattle, right into everybody's pocket. Well, and Atlanta's going to be like a billion. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a billion dollars for the expansion wow. fee, and each of those 32 owners get to split a billion dollars. That's why they want this. You know Plus, the, the, uh, Elliot Friedman made a great point about how the NHL is 25 American markets. You know, you go to all the other leagues. A billion divided by 32 is... Oh, you guys <laughs> my phone mad. doesn't go up to a billion. <laughs> That's, I don't... Oh really? God. It doesn't. No, just, it goes I, up to 100 million. Dude, I just Googled it. Uh, <laughs> 31,250,000. So there's not a 30-year salary taken care of for the year. It's not Shh. bad. Not bad. <laughs> or, or not. Or you just keep that. And you so, just go, that's in my pocket. Now. Yeah. But like uh, uh, I was saying, uh, Friedman made a great point about why the NHL wants expansions because they have 25 markets in the States, right? You go to the other four major sports, they have 31 to 32 American, American um, uh, teams. Mm -hmm. So there are like seven markets left that the NHL could reasonably be in. So we can see in the next 15 years, like a, a 40, 40 team league. So... I was I was going to ask about that. So we're not used to the NHL leading on many things. Um, and I'm not saying that to denigrate the league. It's just true. Like, usually it's the NHL following the other big leagues lead. But they are. They are following because the other team, the other leagues are already in these markets. The NHL has right. seven Canadian markets where they're not yeah. American markets. Yeah. So they're, they're following the other leagues. But my question is, like, have these other leagues been like, hmm, could we do 40 teams? I'm sure, yeah. Really? Well, yeah. like, because, like, surely they would have an easier time with 40 teams in the NHL. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we'll get to the point is, where they'll keep going. Is part of the reason the NHL could do it because salaries are so low? Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, I was sort of thinking about it. Like, wouldn't that be one way to keep salary? Well, ex down? expansions are low, right? Expansion is low, right? It, 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 what it costs to expand a, a billion dollars to you and me is a lot of money. Yeah. But Jerry uh, Jerry Jones spent four billion on the Cowboys' uh, new ar arena, and it is an arena. It's domed. Mm -hmm. Um, and and there's like what is there eighty thousand people or 60, 60 70 thousand people that can fit in there. So to get an NFL franchise, it's going to cost you. 
four or five billion dollars for a tag right if if they even approve it because they're making money anyway they don't need you right they don't need you they don't need to take that risk whereas the nhl kind of needs to take risks they need to grow and i and it's um it's um i think there's a big difference there's a much bigger pool and it's a small pool a much bigger pool of people that can afford a one billion dollar arena and a one billion dollar team than people that can afford a four billion dollar arena and a four billion dollar team it's just so much easier to do the NHL model. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about two billion versus eight. You look at the MLS and how many people want those expansion franchises. Every rich celebrity who's like, I can enter that couple hundred million dollar area. They're like, I need to get an MLS team. I yeah. need to join because they can just group like three of them together and yeah. buy a team. Yeah, you know, it's easier. Well, that's why you're seeing rapid expansion. 100%. I f- I forget the. Uh, the Wrexham owners. I know it's Ryan Reynolds and a guy. Bob from, McElhinney. Yeah, Bob McElhinney. He's from It's Always Sunny. Um, like, didn't they not even really know each other? No, they never met in person. Mm-hmm. They only talked over Zoom because it was the pandemic. And yeah, it was they're, Rob's idea. Hey, you have money. Yeah. <laughs> Let's buy a fifth tier. I mean, because yeah, they can just them. pool it together. Yeah, and yeah. It, it only cost them. I think the the cost of it in total was two point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was very little, like in the grand scheme. And they've like, made they've that, made that money. I, but, I made that in Deadpool in the first ten minutes. Yeah, of the movie, <laughs> exactly, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and and also the gin and and what's the other what's the cell phone company he just sold oh, yeah. hundred million dollars? Oh, uh, Mint? Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. They, were, they were an advertiser for us for a bit. Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. so like I, I anyway. Long story short, you know, I think. The NHL is playing its own game here. Um, the NFL is the undisputed champion along with the NBA of revenue. Mm-hmm. MLB does really, really good because they have so many games. They're scale, right? But um, the NHL is for a, a billionaire, especially a nouveau riche billionaire who kind of wants to show it off. Um, yeah, if you've got five, if you're worth four billion bucks, you can yep. build an arena and buy a team, and that's your play toy, and you're still filthy rich. And one of the easiest money makers right now, if you're billionaires, is sports teams. Yep. They they literally print money. And one of the one of the things that's not talked about is all of the tax breaks you get through your sports yes. teams because Crazy. you're employing so many people. You can write off so much to the government through your sports teams that it's a literally a print, money printing. So thing. if you're making, and that's much, oh, sorry, that's why on. we saw the rapid run to the Ottawa Senators by all of these people. That's why it was such a, a crazy bidding process for that team is because everybody wants in and there was one available. People with virtually no ties to the city. No, well, yeah. no Snoop Dogg. Yeah. It's no. like, I need to go do this because yeah. it prints money. Yeah. There is, so if you're, if you have a business and it's, um, what businesses will do is there's different levels of, of tax when you are profitable, right? Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll say, um, well, we're going to take X millions from one company and move it to another company and we'll spend with this other company. And what, what I will do, what I will then gain is, okay, I don't have the quote unquote profits, which is what everybody thinks about. What you're thinking about is how do I create value, right? So when you talk about like, let's say I'm, I, I, make, um, I make green t-shirts, and I am the greatest. It's, a, it's alarming how often you and I wear the same color shirt. It is crazy. Without even speaking. We're both wearing green t-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I make green t-shirts <laughs> and I sell them to my friend Steve. And Steve, influential in his community, uh, helps me sell them. And oh my God, bang, I'm a billionaire. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I am making so much money off these that I want to save some of that tax dollar. I don't want that going to the government. I want that funding my next business. So I buy a hockey team. As Jesse said, I have a bunch of expenses that I need to pay. And I funnel money from company to company tax-free. Mm-hmm. 
And I put that money instead of in the government's pocket in my other business while both businesses continue to grow. And that is how they're making wealth. It's it's the NHL's actually created a pretty smart business thing. I think taxing billionaires is unreasonable. The the issue though That's a joke. The, the issue though That's is that how much more can the expansion fee go up before they have to say, All right, we're we're cutting our pool. You guys want to play expansion fee trivia? Let's go. Ooh. So I have, Maddie, don't show the screen so everybody can Maddie almost play did. Along. She almost Yeah, did. I know. Yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Trigger happy on that finger. <laughs> All right. So Stop I it. have from <laughs> 1917 through 2021. The expansion fee for every franchise. Ooh. 1917? So the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal Wanderers, Ottawa Senators, Quebec Bulldogs, and Toronto Arenas all paid $0 to start their franchise. They were the original teams. Mm -hmm. They didn't pay anything in 1917. In 1924, we have the Boston Bruins, Montreal Maroons, Pittsburgh Pirates, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Cougars, New York Rangers. How much did they pay to start their franchise? $5,000. $5,000 would have been a fucking fortune back then. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, Jesse, just for, for, for fun sakes, I'll do half of that. $2,500. It was hella expensive. $12,000. Whoa! Yeah, that's a lot of money. And, and the Montreal Maroons and Boston Bruins actually paid fifteen dollars because fuck wow. them, right? Yeah, and then fuck them. And then the Montreal Maroons had to pay an additional tax of eleven k to the Canadians. Oh, because they were splitting the market. The, that was the oh. same market. Yeah. Holy Which, shit. If the NHL ever wants a second team in Toronto, it's first right of refusal to MLSE. That's why we're never going to get a second team. Yeah, in because MLSE would just be like, you have to pay us so much money. <laughs> you can't even get a WNBA. It wouldn't make well, any sense uh, yeah. for them. So next up, 1967, we have entering the league the Kings, the North Stars, the Flyers, Penguins, Blues, and the Blues. How much did they pay? 1967. Ooh, I'm going to say... You know, inflation. Mm. $75,000. Oh. What, what year was it again? 67. Seals, Kings, North Stars, Flyers, and Penguins, and Blues. 150. $2 million. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow, they really wanted that team. Oh, yeah. $2 million. $2 million in 67. Wow. The Sabres, Canucks, Flames came in in 72 along with the Kansas City Scouts, Washington Capitals, and the Islanders are a little different because they had to pay a fee to the Rangers. Um, what? How much did the Sabres, Canucks, Flames, Scouts, and Capitals pay? 2.5. So here's what I'm curious about. Because they expanded, and they were up against it with the, the WHA at that point, mm -hmm. right? That's right. So mm -hmm. they had a competitive league, and I wonder if it kept the expansion fees down. Because if you didn't want to go with the NHL, you could probably go to the WHA and get your your same franchise. Because well, Toronto had two teams, right? I'll boost it 2.5. I'll say, yeah, I'm going to say like 2.5. Six million dollars. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Damn. So the Oilers, Whalers, Nordiques, Jets came in in 79. They were the same six million dollars, but they had to pay a million and a half dollars to the WHA. Okay. Uh, now we're going to hop over to 91, 92. When the Sharks, Senators, Lightning came into the league, fifty million. Uh, yeah, the scale of that would be a lot more. Mm -hmm. right? We've Inflation jumped. We've jumped twenty years. Seventy-five million. Forty-five. Oh, you guys both went over. Okay. Yeah. And then right. lastly, we'll Still go up. to 
a ripping investment if you had it. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Imagine $45 million for the Senators in 92 and well, then sell it for nine fifty. By the way, a year, uh, uh, 10 years later, they were only worth $180 million, right? Oh. When Eugene bought them. Because remember, they were in real trouble. Oh, but yeah. now they're worth um, last, last uh few, the 2000s, we get the Predators in 98, the Thrashers in 99, Blue Jackets in 2000, Wild in 2000. They all paid the same amount. How much was expansion in the NHL 23 years ago? 150 million. 200 million. 80 million dollars. Wow. In 2000, if you had 80 million dollars, you get a fucking NHL team. Now it's like a billion. And now Seattle paid 650 million dollars. And yeah, the next team is going to pay probably nine because Ottawa's 950, so they got to pay in around a billion dollars. Damn. You know what uh, was fascinating? They were, and I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to read the book that the series was based on. One of my favorite shows that unfortunately got canceled was Winning Time. Mm -hmm. So good. It was about the Lakers dynasty. If you haven't seen it, it's spectacular. It's so good. But they're talking about the Buss family and Jerry Buss, when he bought it, the previous owner was getting a divorce and he wanted to pay off his ex and wanted to get out of it. And it was a headache or whatever. And I think he sold everything he had and spent like 80 to 100 million bucks to buy them. And I'm like, 80 to 100 million dollars in 1979 is a fucking mm-hmm. fortune. Crazy money. So just to, just to talk about that scale, right? Now, if you have 100 million dollars at the bank, you're so wealthy, like your grandkids are going to be wealthy, right? But back then, that, that's got to be a couple billion dollars now. Yeah. So so naturally, when, when you start talking about money, like I've, I've done my best to participate in this conversation like an adult, mm-hmm. but I go, I don't know what we're talking about. I'm out of my depth. So I started thinking about the on-ice product. Sure. And we've talked for years in the NBA and the NHL about what with the regular season? About too many games? Too many games. And you go 34 teams, 36, 38, 40. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a 70-game regular season, maybe even less, and like five rounds of Mm. playoff hockey actually sounds not just reasonable, but practical. Yeah. You you can't have 40 teams, have them play 82 games. Well, I'm sure Gary, Gary and the owners will say, watch us. You can't. With five rounds of playoff, that would be bonkers. I mean, I'd love it. There I'm just here wouldn't for it. Like, be an off. Give it to me, but there would not be enough time in the calendar. Yeah, yeah, exa- that's what I'm saying. No, uh, I assume you wouldn't expand the playoffs. So, well, so now Ooh. we get into the champagne celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. it's so fucking hard to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, right now, right now, it's half the teams. Half like, the teams. Sixteen of thirty-two. I think if you went up to sixteen of forty, it's less than half, which is a reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. I feel like right now it might be too easy. So maybe mm-hmm. adding the teams balances out the playoffs to where you actually get the good teams. And that makes the regular season matter more? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. Because, like, you're 500 by, like, Christmas. Whatever. Like, I don't know. You might have a strong back half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you're, might, you're still good. I mean, depending on expectations, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, if you're supposed to be in first. So who like, knows? If there's 38 listen, teams and you're 500, you're kind of boned. If they mm-hmm. expanded the playoffs and shortened the regular season, I'm all for it. I think it makes it a better game. 70 games is enough. You guys know the last 12 games, you're like, yeah, especially you <laughs> get to that third week in March. You're like, oh, my God. Like, it's it's I love hockey so much, but we got 25 games to go. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> care anymore. I just want the first round. The, the delicate 
a balancing act between ramping up for the playoffs and bubble wrapping all of your players. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, he's on a rest day. Oh, he's on a rest day. Like, don't buy a ticket in those last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kaprizov um, getting injured with three weeks to go. Oh, like, that was brutal for me. Svechnikov, I think, too, with Carolina. Wasn't that relatively late? It, it was It was back half. February, I think. Oh, was it February? Yeah, okay. around oh, there. Yeah, I can't remember that shit. We also have uh, more arena info. Um, Calgary, um, if you remember when they had an election, um, the, the now premier had a strategy of, listen, you vote for me, I'll get you an arena deal. And they did it. Um, finalized an agreement to fund Calgary's future, uh, arena. The construction will begin in 2024. The entire project, which is more than just an arena, uh, is $1.22 billion, um, the mayor's office, the Alberta government, uh, Calgary Stampede and Calgary Sports and Entertainment are all formally signing off on this because I don't know how well you guys know Calgary. I used to live in the Stampede area. Um, the arena and the Stampede grounds, like where all the chuck wagon races and all that stuff take place, are all in the same area. Mm. And it's actually a really good spot right by the river and everything. It's, it's, it's kind of perfectly placed. So they're going to redevelop that area. And there was actually some, when I moved there, they were just sort of, there were some old dilapidated houses that were sort of on their last legs. And I think they're going to use that spot too. Um, the Alberta government will contribute $330 million, um, $300 million for infrastructure related improvements and $30 million towards the construction of a community rink to be built adjacent to the main arena. That's $330 million too much. Well, and I agree with that. Um, you know, this is a, this is a company and an owner that have the money, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and they, the reason they, that they they spent it during the last several elections. The reason that they, the reason they put they it did. that way, um, and the reason they did this is is the reason that it's it's reading this way is that they want you to think that the only thing as a taxpayer you're paying for are the pipes, mm -hmm. basically the infrastructure upgrades and maybe LRT because they do have LRT in Calgary, uh, or um, or the community rink for the community. You know, where you can figure skate and play hockey and all that stuff. The reality is, um, it's nice that there's a community rank there. But the whole point of this was the NHL rank, uh, which a, will support concerts and other things as well. I'm a big believer in democracy. You voted for it. Pay for it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, as per the agreement, the city uh -oh. will put forward... 537 and up uh, 537 million in upfront costs at 60% of the event center's total price tag while the CSEC Calgary Sports and Entertainment uh will continue to contribute well will contribute uh 356 million or 40%. So and there's more of this if you want to read about it, it's in the Calgary Herald and they usually do a pretty good job breaking this stuff down. The project's focal point will be the new 800 million dollar arena to replace the Saddle Dome which is 40 years old. Built for the Olympics in 86, I think, or 88. The arena, uh, which will be the new home of the Calgary Flames, Hitman, Wranglers, Roughnecks, will be built at 14th and 5th Avenue Southeast, just north of the Saddle Dome on land currently allocated for parking. It's just a big parking lot right now. Um, uh, other components uh, will include a parkade, community skating rink, indoor and outdoor plazas, which is driving the cost up. Uh, the remaining $300 million will be reallocated for land purchases, remediation, demolition, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. So, and shout out to Julian McKenzie, by the way, for recording the CJ show yesterday <laughs> and then racing out of his house I know. To, to go and cover this press conference. Yeah. Never a moment's rest. I'm the not least a least lazy guy ever. I'm not a fan of... of um, Julian? A, it's your <laughs> <fan>. um, 
<laughs> big fan of Julian. Um, no, I'm, I'm not a fan of public money for these event centers. One thing I will no. say is, and again, I don't know infrastructure the way somebody who does infrastructure for a living would. There does seem to be a lot of community elements to this mm -hmm. in a lot like in Toronto, you have the baseball stadium, yeah. you have the hockey rink, uh -huh. and there are no community anythings around. Them. Nothing. Nothing. Well, if you're there and you can't step foot indoors without paying money. Who? Like it, the restaurants and everything. You can't do anything except for there is a, a little nice parquet uh, at the roundhouse. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're talking about like stuff to do. There's... Uh, I, I thought you meant like the condos across from like ACC. Uh, oh, Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. No, no. I think uh, I think the one thing I'll say with this project that is different from traditional, a lot of traditional arenas is there's a community element. There is a family element. There's a Calgary Stampede element too, which is very unique to the city of Calgary. Yeah, Re regardless of, I, I'm always against, I'm always against this. I'm always against public money being put towards that. But if you're going to allocate public money, there better be something for the public there. Yes. That's, and, and at least in this case, they've done that. Mm -hmm. I'll give them that. Because, in, in, you know, the problem in Toronto is that, like, um, you get downtown and you get off the GO train and you can't sit or stand or do anything without paying some money. How do you have a dog? Like, or down there? I, like, well, you've got the, you got, the, um, you got the roundhouse, the old train station. That's, like, yeah. there's, like, three spots. Like, yeah. if you live in a certain part of the downtown core. Like, I remember just walking to school one day, obviously, years ago. And I was like, I've been walking for half an hour. I haven't seen a blade of grass. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't. <laughs> How is that possible? Toronto was, if you look at a Toronto picture of Toronto in the 80s, it was all parking lots. Mm -hmm. And what they did in the 90s and 2000s is approved a ton of building permits that allowed for skyscrapers to be built on those parking lots. And they did not think about, uh, oh, we might need some parkland too. And so when you get to the downtown core, it does feel a little bit like, where the fuck do I hang out here? Yeah. Um, and 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 so you if you're looking at, you know, where Jesse used to live outside of Liberty Village, there's that train uh, thing that's dug under. There's like a deep there's like a deep sort of cut through the earth spot where if you're going west on the go train, there's like a, a whole spot. So what they're going to mm -hmm. do is they're going to cover that so the trains won't see the light of day and they're going to turn that into a park. OK, so they're going to. Like it's gonna be this whole construction. We're getting project. a mulligan on it. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Covered the trade. It's not great though. You're right. It's yeah. not great. So you guys I, are also talking about one specific area. Yeah. Of the down. You're talking about just the arena area, which I don't think was no, designed to necessarily be um, the most livable in terms of like children and park space and dogs and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But if you no, you Toronto has a, a lot of west and east. You know, yeah. of of those areas. You know, mm -hmm. you'll get that. You'll get that. Trinity Bellwoods, where I mean. Trinity Bellwoods, though, is, I mean, we're getting a little inside here, but if you've ever gone there in the summer, you're like, Toronto should have more green spaces because everyone is there. Yeah, everybody files into the one thing that's there. Every yeah. single person <laughs> who wants um, to be outside is there. I also find, I thought it was interesting uh, yesterday, guys, that the that Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment said it will make a $350 million investment in a multi-phase renovation of Scotiabank, which needs it. Oh. Uh, it will feature capital investments, sorry, improvements to uh, almost all of the areas, uh, including concourses, suites, premium uh, clubs, retail spaces, food and beverage. And I think they're doing this because Rogers is investing serious money in in uh, Rogers Center, where the Jays play, right. um, to make it a baseball park, not a big cavernous, scary building. Listen, Blue Jays on the field, 
woof. Mm-hmm. The um, renovations that they've done to that building. Yep. Uh, a plus. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Really like what they've done in there. Um, nice experience. So anyway, just the, wanted. I know it's weird to talk about arena stuff, but it was kind of front page news yesterday. I think the, the business of sports is some of the most fascinating parts of why we do this job. I think so, too. I, I love it. I don't give a shit what money MLSE spends. Well, no, that's their. And you know, <laughs> I'll give shit. them full full marks because they they invested uh, money in um, uh, in BMO Field where the TFC play, and it's part owned by the city, but they didn't even ask the city for money. They're like, we're just gonna yeah, we're, well, we're gonna do it because we can't be bothered dealing with the city. Do we want it now or later? Yeah, Here's and we're gonna and we're gonna do that. Um, so th- there were some other NHL things that happened. Do we want to talk about the since we were on MLS? Do we want to talk about the WNBA stuff? Yeah. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, sure. I think it's fast. So um, the idea of bringing a WNBA team uh, to Toronto has shel- been shelved at least by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Now, there was a report by, I believe it was Richard Deitch and the... Doug Tr- Smith. Oh, it was Doug Smith. The, he said... Did the legwork on this. He said... Doug Smith said essentially that um, there part of this had to do with the fact that Ed Rogers, who is not the CEO of Rogers Communications, but owns it, mm-hmm. um, has a pretty frosty relationship with Masai Ujiri. So that's part of it. The other part cited, which makes a little bit more sense to me, is that they did not want to commit Scotiabank Arena to um, WNBA home games. And the reason this makes sense is not because it's not a good idea to bring WNBA games to Toronto. It's that that building is, on average, build, busy 300, and, 300 nights to 330 nights a year. And they think that the concert revenue because that's mostly what it's it's booked up with. They think that the concert revenue that that arena um, generates, and it's a profitable arena, one of the few, um, that is too too valuable to give up. Now, if Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment were smart, they would see that there's a gigantic hole in the market in Toronto. And that is for a 10 to 15,000 person place to play yeah. and watch concerts. Yeah. There are outdoor concert venues, Budweiser Stage, I grant you, fine. There is Rico Coliseum, sorry, Coca-Cola Coliseum, which is 120 years old. Yeah, Budweiser stage that you can use like what, four months of the year? If you're lucky. Yeah. It's also not big enough for, I saw some people arguing about it, like the big ass go to Budweiser stage. What do you mean? Aces no, they don't. Is, is available. No they, no, they don't. You're wrong. No, they play arenas with 20,000 people. No, yeah. I saw Drake yeah. at OVO Fest, but it was for like a very specific experience. He, yeah. He's doing bigger buildings. If yes. Drake is doing a tour... He's not doing it at Budweiser stage. Yeah, he did. He did briefly for a number of years, but that was early on, and it was a thing to yeah. be there. You yes. know, it was very specific. Where, yeah. Taylor Swift is playing, I think, six dates in Toronto next November. Mm-hmm. Where is she playing? All of them are at the Skydome. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so the I think, and I think a lot of people would agree with this. There's a huge hole in the market for somebody to come in and build a really good newish hockey rink in the exhibition area, um, and and. And, you know, you could easily turn that into an NBA or a WNBA court as well. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense for the PWHL Toronto team, uh, WNBA Toronto team, and then mid-level acts that come through in the wintertime. Because what happens in Toronto is none of the mid-level acts, and I say mid-level, like if I go and see um, one of my favorite bands from the 80s, if I go see Iron Maiden, okay, Iron Maiden's playing Budweiser stage, but they only come in the summer, only come in the summer because there's nowhere else to play. Right. They can play Scotiabank Arena if it's not booked. But if... Tarp off a bunch of seats. 100%. If you can do 15,000 people or 10 to 15,000 people, there is a hole for that in this city. And I'm really surprised 
Maple Leaf Sports wouldn't want to go for that. It, but I think it's part of the reason. Like Oshawa actually gets some pretty good acts. Well, for sure, because there's a <laughs> mid level. There's a mid tier, yeah, mid tier size building. I think even more fascinating is the infighting that's happening at the board level, which is also drawing a lot of of why they're pulling out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, like Doug Smith reported directly uh, through an anonymous source that. Um, Masai and the Rogers side of the board aren't getting along, and Masai was going to be a big driver in bringing the WNBA to Canada. So uh, he said he said directly that Rogers is flexing their muscle uh, in this instance, and that if they're if they're unsatisfied with Larry Tannenbaum, who we talked about before, selling some of his shares uh, to which pension plan is it? Uh oh, he's selling some of his shares. Yeah, five percent or something. And Rogers yeah. also isn't happy with that. So there was some time between May and and June. He was saying specifically that this looked promising, and then it all kind of fell by the wayside. There's a succession element to this where it's just people fighting. Look at how he treats his own family. Imagine how he'll treat you. <laughs> Good luck. I think I think that there is uh um. Very a little of that, Jesse, that you outlined has to do with the viability of those franchises in this city, which is such a shame, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that uh, it's going to work when it happens, and it is going to happen. But it does, it does kind of, you know, tr- if you don't know Canadian economics too, too well, there's like eight companies that run this country. And um, and maybe it's a little bit more than that. I'm probably being facetious. But SDPN. The point, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. what, are, what are the other? Uh, <laughs> and and so it would be if there was somebody who was in the mid level, close to a billion dollar range, who was aggressive enough and um, interested enough, buying up the the rights to some land, building that place letting the PWHL in or leasing it to them or even buying the franchise and then buying a WNBA franchise and bringing it north outside of MLSE might not be the worst thing. Because what we have right now is um, Maple Leaf Sports is a very successful organization. They are owned by Bell and Rogers and Larry Tannenbaum. Rogers also owns the Blue Jays. So you essentially have a company and a half mm-hmm. that own all the major sports in the city. It's not the worst thing to not have that completely monopolized. But that, it's, it's it does present so an opportunity at this time to envision a situation where somebody can get in on that. I agree. You know, that that's the hard part is somebody getting into that market of of sports team ownership in Toronto without MLSE because they own the place that this WNBA team should be playing. They also own the media by <laughs> which those games would be broadcast. Yeah. And that's the hard part, right? Bell and Rogers own something like 75% of like the media that's consumable. And then I think Chorus is the other 50%. Not only do they own the news sports station that they would run on, they own the distribution of those. And they own the internet that it's broadcast on. And then they own the internet and then they own the team and the building. There's such, there's so many, there's six layers that you would have to get through just to get a team into Canada on TV somewhere to play. That's why it was so easy for them. If MLSC wanted to do this tomorrow, they could. It costs $50 million to get it. And and they paid more for the Argos. $50 million. And the WNBA is asking them to pay it in $5 million increments. You know how easy that is for this team, for this uh, company to do? And it's, it's so it would be like a 20, they were hoping for like a 2026, I think, launch date. You got to pay us $5 million until 2026. Like you bought a condo pre-construction, you know? And they could have just done this. They have the, the the practice facility, the arena, everything is set up for this, ready to go. And they're like, you know what? 
No. Counter. No. No. So if anybody can break through that awful barrier that is MLSE to sports ownership in this city, it would be just a godsend. There is money. There is money. I don't have... I don't have any particular problem with MLSE. I think that no. they're they're making a. I think their board is making a bad decision here. Um, Probably the last. And I think it's an ego decision. Uh, but I don't think that, like the company, you know, anybody that I deal with at MLSE, they're great. Yes. Uh, it's it's just that this is a. These are how some of these decisions are unfortunately made. The one thing I'll say about Toronto is there is so much money here. There's a reason why things cost as much as they do. It's because people have money. Uh, and they're hoarding it. So there's somebody with the ma- with the money to do this. Um, and if usually people that have that kind of money, usually they have had to be ballsy at some point in their life and take a risk and have hit big on a business, right? Mm. And you have to wonder if that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody's like, you know what? This could be my way. I could be the crazy person who tries this. Because remember, it was a crazy person that kept the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, Con Smythe. It was a crazy person that built Maple Leaf Gardens at the height of the Depression. Hans Smythe, crazy person, had to borrow from everybody. There's books on this. He borrowed from like mining magnets from Sudbury and like this and that. He was basically close to broke. And they just finished it in time and he just squeaked out of it. I don't know how much you guys have read about billionaires, but have you ever been like, oh, that's a normal guy? <laughs> well, I, don't, I mean, those would Hans Smythe would have been when he died. A billionaire of his time. He just wouldn't have had a billion next to his name. Right. Right. So billionaires are a pretty recent concept. Yeah. So off of that, I want to ask you guys about the fears from Raptors fans right now. Because they're sitting there looking at their ownership. And it's a little less on the Leaf side because there's pressure on them to win. But the Raptors fans are looking at MLSE and they're saying, is this team going to be middling forever? Because MLSE is happy with an average team that makes the playoffs every couple of years because we're going to make a whole bunch of money. Tickets are really expensive and we don't necessarily need to ever win. And we don't need to tank and rebuild mm-hmm. because we want that gate revenue. So Raptors fans are scared right now. And should they be worried about having this owner in particular, this board, this conglomerate owner? Because we know the best owners are the Matt Ishbias of the world, the crazy billionaires who's like, I'm just going to spend because I want to win. Jerry Buss. The Jerry Jones, the Jerry Buss, the um, George Steinbrenner. You know, oh, yeah. those guys are the guys who are really are great for the fans and also they hate them, but they're also awesome because they, uh, they put so much money to the team. Should Raptors fans be worried? I mean, as long as the tickets are hot, man. Raptors tickets are hot. Like... You go to a Raptors game and people are dressed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen people in nicer outfits than you'd see at a wedding. Especially on, like, Drake night. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, you're coming dressed to impress. Whereas Leaf Games is like, I got my old stonewashed jeans. Everybody looks like Ron Hainsey. And there's nothing wrong with that. But (laughs) it's like, we all all have their... I'm going to wear my white jeans or my my stonewashed jeans with my black leather shoes that are pointy. There's definitely definitely a difference in vibe from a Raptors game to Mm -hmm. a Leafs game to a Jays game even. Mm -hmm. Jays game is, it's the sun. Holy shit. I haven't seen you for months. Ah, Canada. But yeah, you go to a Raptors game and it's everyone kind of shows out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And you know, the thing is, is that the Rogers family, apparently, and this has come into the um, come to the spotlight lately because obviously they are the sole owners of the Blue Jays. If you're Americans, you're missing out. Uh, they, <laughs> you're missing out. Yeah, but well, the, the drama is crazy. But they they 
they do have the I think the eighth or ninth highest payroll in baseball, which has no salary cap. Yep. Um, they are pretty much hands off with the uh, you know obviously they hired Mark Shapiro, but they let Mark kind of do his thing, and there have been a ton of improvements. I mean, they that the the Blue Jays at one point were the team that had lost the most money in baseball. They were losing a close to a hundred million dollars year over year, and that was twenty five years ago. Mm. Wow. So they Under- have. Old, different ownership. I mean, Interbrew, yeah. Different yeah. ownership, yeah. But um, I say all that to say this. I think that the... Uh, uh, I think that the... The Blue Jays are different than the Raptors because yeah. it's a sole owner. I also think it matters if the owner's a fan. From what we understand, Ed Rogers is a baseball fan. Uh, I don't know if he's a basketball fan. Mm-hmm. I know he's not a Maasai fan. Uh, but I don't know if he's a Raptors fan. You know, I don't know if he's watching... Raptors games, but I do know he's a, you know, and it matters that these guys are fans of their own teams. Uh, That's why it's such a shame that Larry Tannenbaum looks to be slowly getting out of it because he was the guy who right. was like the owner we could point to as and a They face. won't let him. Yeah. They won't, they let, won't him let him. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's older now and he probably was probably just wants to yeah. retire, right? Like it, uh, now he's got, cash out he's got bit. kids that are, are, you know, well-connected in the business community that could take over for him. But imagine you're going head to head with two of the country's biggest telecoms. Um, uh, it's going to be a pretty tough board. Mm-hmm. It's succession. A hundred percent. Straight up succession. Yeah. If, if you're American, you're missing out. Read all about it. I just, I hope they continue to invest in the team. And if tanking is the solution, don't worry about the bottom line if you need a tank. Yeah. You know? And you can't yeah. sell tickets. Um, the NHL sent out a memo to teams trying to clarify the Jersey memo that they sent out in June, which said basically blanket policy, no more jerseys, no more specialty nights, nothing. Um, okay. And the update, Ryan S. Clark, who, if you don't follow him, works for ESPN. He's spectacular. Um, There was confusion about the guidance, uh, said a league source. The new, much clearer memo expressed that restrict, sorry, explained that restrictions cover on ice activity and noted that players should be encouraged to express themselves off ice, team source said. Player participation in club related messaging is voluntary if permitted. Players and teams are allowed to celebrate and support specialty causes, the league source said. Teams are also allowed to host groups at games while players have the freedom to wear whatever they want as long as that falls within the guidelines of each team's respective dress code. Now, there were questions about whether or not and and I, like f- forget what we the controversies that we had last year with Provorov and Stahl and those guys not wearing pride jerseys. Um, there were questions like, can I wear a poppy? Am I allowed to wear the Humboldt Broncos colors on my lapel? Uh, those types of things came up. And, and am goalies, I allowed to do hockey fights cancer? Goalies in their masks? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of hidden stuff. Yeah, so it's... Like, you know, people people like to show their, their interests and artists and their faith and, uh, you know, all sorts of different things on their mask. Yeah, mm. so that is apparently still allowed. It's just the special, specialty jerseys that they're like, we're all done here. No, no more... Just the jerseys. That's, yeah, so nothing in warm-up, nothing during the game. Doesn't mean they can't make them. Doesn't mean they can't sell them. Doesn't mean they can't autograph them, I think. But right. again, I haven't seen the memo. ESPN has the memo. I don't have the memo. So so you can't wear it Hall in of practice, Fame. warm-up, game. Hall of Fame weekend rolls around. They usually do a military night around then. The Leafs do. No? No. You can do a military night. There's just no jerseys that are oh, on the ice. You just can't do the military. Cannot put the jersey. players in the jerseys on the ice. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Because they always take a photo afterward and... Well, and the hockey fight fights cancer. Yeah, you can't they, do those jerseys. Not on the ice. Not on the ice. That's ridiculous. 
Hmm. There's got to be because those are a huge moneymaker. Like I'm talking for charity. About, for charity, yeah. yeah. I tried to buy. I famously tried to buy a. I think it was a game worn Dryden Hunt jersey, <laughs> and there was there was Wayne Simmons as well, and I don't think he played that night. And I got outbid uh, immediately. I was auto auto outbidded. You should have been ashamed of yourself. You're also. Going, I wanted it. You know that those are going to Jersey collectors who are just going to auto outbid you anyway. Oh my god! Like it was. It those was, guys have everybody beat on every piece of memorabilia. You'll never get it. I couldn't believe. I was like, okay, what is too much? I'm going to spend four hundred more dollars than that. And I was auto outbidded. <laughs> Do you know where Dryden Hunt is signed this season? This season, Dryden Hunt. Is he still in Calgary? Calgary. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know he was Calgary. traded for Adam Zahorna. Yeah. How many uh how many career goals? Oh, you can see it now. No, I, I didn't I, 15 career goals for Dryden Hunt. That's more than I would have guessed. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I liked him as a leader. Points? I did. He had 15 goals. Does he have more assists than points? I'm gonna say 27. Career points? Yeah. No, 43. Son of a gun. At 28 career assists. Sign him. Yeah. Calgary, you got a player. <laughs> I like Dryden Hunt. Everyone was mean to him. It's just weird. Yeah, this is a little weird. Ah, this will solve our Dennis Mulligan problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they did right by him, though. Um, yep. We always had, do right by the guy. Always do right by him. We've, we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of conversations, too, about... Um, uh, about hockey sports rights, like where are they going to go, especially with Diamond Sports Group and their bankruptcy. Um, the Boston Bruins did something interesting. They partnered with Fubo TV. Nice. So all their local games are going to be on Fubo. Um, in celebrations of the Bruno, uh, Bruins Centennial, uh, season ticket members will receive $100 off a new Fubo subscription over two months, which is $50 a month, uh, while non-ticket members will be eligible for free a 14-day trial of Fubo TV slash Bruins. Um uh, they, I guess, um, have not fully, it's funny, watch the, you can, you can watch the Bruins on Fubo, but you have to have a Fubo subscription. Um, I don't know what that costs anymore. I used to have one, but I don't have one anymore. So I don't know what that is, but I thought, I thought that was interesting because what it does is it makes it easy. It's here's, here's what it is. You need this subscription service and it's one now, unless it's a national game, then like, you need two or three. It's like a deli. What do you want? Yeah. And you tell them and they make it. Um, uh, Arizona Coyotes and Diamond Sports Group will not be working together. Um, they just uh, could obviously couldn't come to an agreement either. And I think pretty sure Diamond Sports Group is moving away from everything. But I did find it interesting that um, they're trying to. Alex Morello is trying to make um, the games free for everybody to watch. Uh, and I'm sure that the Suns had something to do with that too, right? That the influence of that. Uh, the Coyotes and Diamond Sportsnet Arizona on Wednesday agreed to end the telecast rights. Um, Morello is quoted as saying, we're thrilled to partner with Script Sports uh, and provide free Coyotes games to our fans. This is a major win for us to increase our reach and continue to grow the game of hockey in the desert. We are committed to winning, committed to the Valley, and committed to doing what's best. This season, 81 of 82 Coyotes games will be broadcast on channel 15.2, which is KNXV.2, uh, which it. is an antenna TV network over Favorite the air. Favorite channel. Mm. Uh, because Same. the Arizona Coyotes don't have a lot of national games. So 81 of 82. 81 of 82 <laughs> That means they local. have a national game. Yeah. They have a national Everybody game. Everybody gets one. Yeah. Spider-Man. Who are they playing? Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you. But 
Hmm. Uh, if you have an antenna, you'll be able to watch the Coyotes for free for 99.9% of the season. I think I, that's pretty great. I will never cheer against fans getting something for free. That's outstanding. Good for you. Yeah. No, and that's awesome. how, that to me... You might as well. That to me shows um, real commitment more than even the arena stuff by this ownership group. That's doing something for the fans. Yes. I love that. Yes. I love that. Because if you're not... Fans. Listen, if the, the arena's not that big anyway, right? So you're not going to get that many people in. You do want them to watch and want to go. Well, and, you know, if... What, what is it? Less than 4,000 people are getting into the arena for each home date? Yeah. Um, you... <laughs> how else are you going to watch the damn team? Yeah. You know? The, the TV disappeared. You can't get into the building. Yeah. Well, so you got to make it free. It's... Uh, I thought good for them. Hats off. That's spectacular news. Um, Jesse, how are we doing? I have the list here. I'm just going through the list of the national games and seeing where the Coyotes are. I don't spot them right now. I bet it's Coyotes Leafs. Watch it be the Matthews oh. return. Do you see him? Do you In see the him? States, though? Him? But it's Matthews, isn't it? Uh, Is it the Winter Classic? No. Matthews and Nye's okay. return. Come on. Oh, it's a list of the national games. Okay. Uh, so these, this is the TNT game. So maybe they're not on TNT. Could maybe be they're ESPN on one. Maybe yeah. they're an ESPN national game. Yeah. Because you, you guys don't see them. Yeah. So they didn't make the TNT schedule. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, they perfect. will. They will. One day. Logan Cooley is going to put them on the map for that. Yeah. He's going to be can't miss this year. He's so spectacular. It's crazy. Yeah, it looks like the Coyotes didn't quite make the TNT schedule, so they're a ESPN game. Okay. It's all right. If you were using Shopify, you would know what this sound means. Ka-ching. It's another sale. And you know what? It's Shopify is the platform that many businesses use. It's an e-commerce platform that revolutionizes millions of businesses worldwide, including ours. Uh, the SDPN shop is run on Shopify, and it simplifies selling online, in person, so you could focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, and it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook Meta, and Instagram. Uh, packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you the complete control over your business without your brand having to learn any new skills or, you know, use code. And thanks to a 24-7 helpline and extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash SDP, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash SDP. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash SDP. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. And we've talked many, many times about how therapy has helped us all, uh, especially, you know, you know what? I think there's there's group therapy in watching sports, but there's singular <laughs> therapy in uh, in taking care of your mind. And obviously, you know, as we get back into the swing of things in the fall, um, people are talking about the grind, getting back into the grind, and they're excited for the grind. But September the grind, scaries. The, and oh, now here we are in October. But that September scaries. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, yeah. Every year I get them. Really? Every year. That, that back to school feeling. Yeah. That, hey, everything's picking up again feeling. Yeah. yeah it can be at the beginning, the end. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say that the grind kind of, the reason we call it a grind is because it grinds you down. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can get a little dark. And if you want to take care of your head, uh, BetterHelp might be a place uh, for you to check out. Obviously. What if your uh, head is really large? Head, <laughs> even then. Ah, even okay. like the two of us, our gigantic heads can fit yeah, two. into BetterHelp. <laughs> you have a big head too? We're a I think we all have giant heads. Yeah, well. 
Uh, anyway, long story short, match with a therapist within uh, uh, 48 hours, which is really great. It's cheaper than most therapy, uh, traditionally anyway. Uh, it's also available over text. It's available over video call. It's really a uh, phone call, whatever way works for you. It's kind of up to you and we want you to try it out and get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash SDP today. 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash SDP. Take care of your mental health. So one of the things I, I wanted to bring up, because you guys play this a lot more than I do, NHL 24 right. has mm. come out. And they're, I, I give them a, a lot of credit for the new developing guys, the guys that are running it. You know, we ran the video to about a month ago mm -hmm. that they released this summer about, sure. you know, what the direction was. I give them credit for trying to have a better dialogue with the community than the previous guys who were doing it. Uh, that would be Mike Engelhart and Chris Halke. Um, so... Um, I, I reached out to somebody who um, is who's listened to our show for a while, who also streams. His name's Tuffy24 on, on Twitter, and sort of asked him. It's Tuffy? I think it's Tuffy, isn't it? Oh, I've been calling him Toogie. Toogie. Oh, maybe it's yeah. Toogie. Yeah, I call him Toogie. I thought it was Tuffy. I like Tuffy better. I do, too. Um, maybe yeah. it's Toogie. So Toogie's, <laughs> I, I asked him, like, hey, man, like, listen, I want to know um, what your issues are. In terms of, because I've seen a lot of complaints and they're all over the place. What are the issues with NHL 24 as it stands? Well, did, did you see the video that he did? No, which one? So he had a video where he took a 6'7 enforcer defenseman and intentionally made all his attributes shit. Mm -hmm. Like in, intentionally made all his attributes like big checking, no skill, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And he pulled off a Michigan with him. Right. So he was and saying. And he just goes, this game sucks. I was, I was asking him about that. I said, tell me, tell me what the issues are. Like the, a full rundown. And he gave me an unbelievably comprehensive look. Like There's, you look at my DM. That's a it's, novel. It's novel. It's crazy. Oh my he must God. have spent an hour writing this. Uh, that's but like he, at least a thousand words. So later <laughs> on, shit. later on, and he doesn't even mention his own, his own, uh, his own video, but he did say that. He's like, you can pull off a Michigan by just pressing the Y button on Xbox. And he's like, you can do it with Connor McDavid as easily as you can do it with Brad Kokudis. Like, dude, there's been five, six Michigan goals in the entire history of the NHL. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And like, how many were there last year? Three? Yeah. Two? Mm -hmm. So... They did a they did a play test, I guess, um, and there was a and and Tugi says that there was a lot of optimism within the community, which he's like the bar is very low. He's like for yearly sports games the bar is low anyway. He's like, but for especially for the NHL, you know, we tempered our expectations. He said after the play test, they put together a list of changes based on community feedback, and he said most of these changes were expected by October third. October third was an important date. By the way, NHL twenty four comes out today. Mm -hmm. October third oh, right now was an important. If you pre-ordered the X Factor edition, you've been playing it for like four days. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that, but that's fascinating and interesting because they expected the changes from the community situation to be made for the X Factor edition. Mm -hmm. And I think the the instant thing is when you love something, you love playing hockey online. If somebody bashes it, you almost take it a little bit personally. So there are people going, "What the fuck? This game isn't ready." And we'll get into the reasons why. And there are people going, "Well, wait for the first patch." 
And the people who bought the X Factor edition are like, why did I pay for early access right. if I got to wait for the It yep. did cost me $20 more. Yep. I played a premium to play this early. Yep. Why is this happening? Also, the game's not ready, and I paid for a ready game. Right. Dude, not to be an old man, but like I remember when you used to buy complete video games. Just one. Dude, what the they fuck? They couldn't patch it. Yeah. It's what you got. Yeah. Yeah, like something, something that is like a matter of like legal rights and everything where y you have to have a patch that it, uh, puts rookies into the game because they're mm -hmm. not in the NHLPA or whatever. I understand that. The game's not done. Mm -hmm. uh, what, so the, he said three, it grants three days early access. Um, you get 4,600 NHL points, uh, which can be used in Ultimate Team to buy packs or World of Chell cosmetic items. Similar to like a Rocket League format, you get a special Kale McCarr hut card a, um, and dual entitlement if you're still on the previous generation of the console, uh, but expect to get a new one soon. So if you're still playing PS4, you expect to get a PS5 soon. And I think a lot of these developers are struggling with that a little bit because the PS5s and the new Xboxes are not or have not been easy to get over the course of the last couple of years. And I don't think they were expecting to continue to develop games that are back that are still NH, or sorry, PS4 compatible. Yeah. Um, he said, I could confirm that from the blog changes I sent you the first note of uh, tuning down the impact of puck possession by 30% currently isn't it. So this is interesting. In the new sustained pressure system, um, it builds up incredibly fast. So the system aims to replicate the concept of being yeah. pinned in your own zone, which drastically slows down the defensive team, essentially forcing them into a heavy collapse defense. Uh, when... Uh, it doesn't take much for to force a team into that state. It causes a lot of frustration for the defending team. So tied to that is a new pressure system in their goalie fatigue system. It's a way to generate new scoring scenarios by altering the type of saves a goalie performs based on his stamina level. Because again, it's defensive pressure. So the goalie's going to react differently when he's exhausted versus mm -hmm. when he's fresh. He said it's good in theory, but as mentioned, the pressure system fills up too quickly, meaning the goalie gets tired too fast, meaning you got a lot of the Tim Th Thomas flip-flop save attempts uh, way more than what we're meant to be Who seeing. Who asked for this? Yeah. It doesn't... It I doesn't, actually like it, but it, it didn't work. It doesn't the, work ideas, the idea doesn't work, I think, in particular, because one, the games aren't played in real time. Like, nobody sits there and plays 20-minute games. You, you play five-minute games, usually, like, four, three-minute games. Yeah. So when you have, hey, you're doing sustained pressure and you get 30 seconds in a zone, that's, like, half a period. Like, you can't really sim the amount of time that it takes. The The math doesn't math on a, on a sim. Like Also, this. like, you're... You're just going to play teams that are passing the puck along the edges. So then your guys get tired automatically. It feels like a really easy thing to exploit. Yeah. That's, oh, what, that's what's happening. Well, that's and it what builds up too quickly. Yeah. Because, and then, yeah, people are just allowing all these goals. I remember in F122, uh, which is why I didn't buy F123, um, you could be racing and you could be in third or fourth place and the car behind you, you'll look in the rearview mirror and it's coming and it's coming and it's and it just goes flies by you. And but no, for no it's reason. You. Just, yeah, just because it's behind you, not because there's not because there's a, any sort of wind thing or any other th like you know. The, obviously, there's drag reduction systems and stuff like that, uh, which is a little flap in the car that goes up and allows you to pass. It just no, just drove by. Mm -hmm. It just Did decided the, to be faster. Do you have the franchise mode stuff in that? Well, yeah. So he said okay. a couple of other things. They completely overhauled the look of the creation suite. 
so what you see when you um, create a player in World of Chell or be a pro, so the main issue people are having with this is uh, that in World of Chell, it forces you to essentially make your same player three times. If you play on a proper club, you need to change your information for your home jersey, your away jersey, and your alternative jersey looks. And he said it's a massive side on their over part, not just to have a copy and paste. Like, why am I having to make the same player three times? It's a video game. Don't make me like... This isn't a, a part-time metadata job. I it's have not a Sims. Side. No. Dude. Be a pro is essentially identical to the point where there's the same long, unskippable cutscene at the start of the mode, which I think you're paying, playing like pond hockey or something like that. Oh, and, and it... And doesn't go anywhere? Yeah, and it sinks, and it sinks, and it sinks. Yeah. And it sinks, and it sinks. Should we back out of the game? And it sinks, and it sinks. One of your guys backs out of the game. The game begins. Oh, fuck. Now we all have to back out. Um, for my, He said, for my expertise, which is franchise and roster stuff, the rosters are brutal in terms of player attributes and potentials. I'm just reading directly from his DMs. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of drafted players in these games with potentials that make them virtually useless in franchise mode. Uh, and when it comes to attributes, you'll see guys who don't really body check have like a strong 85 plus rating. He's like Connor McDavid, who does have underrated defensive abilities, is rocking a 95 defensive awareness. Yeah, because so they they <laughs> broke the rating system in that two game. Shout out you first of all. It's amazing. Been follow, we've been following your stuff for a little bit and. Uh, we've interacted a little bit. Um, they broke the ratings because they'll, they don't know how to make Connor McDavid a 97 in the game, let's say, without having all of his stats be really high. They don't know how to make his overall be really high with some lower tier attribute. Like he's not a Jacob Truva level body checker. Right. Yeah. But they don't know how to make a 97 spit out his overall without having everything high. So That's the develop- such a compliment to Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like his speed should be 120. Yeah. 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 His, his overall should be 100. Yeah. But they, they can't make that character without everything being great. But they need to figure out how to make his defense like average. Yeah. But him also be a 97 overall. And they don't know how to do that. Tugi said that he's like, it's not that Connor d- can't play defense, uh, but he didn't get a Selkie vote. Like he's not Patrice Bergeron. Right. He also said in low speed uh, situations, they haven't fixed the hip checking issue where people mm-hmm. could just fucking destroy oh, everybody's I falling s- over. Yeah. I saw a video yeah. yesterday. It, it, the function is unusable. Yeah. He said franchise mode, which is my favorite mode. I love franchise mode is broken essentially the ai gms don't really understand team building or prospect management they'll sign players that they don't need to while ignoring other positions uh that they do especially goaltending so it's it's been an issue for years he said and he said teams will sign like three goalies to a contract when they don't need them and uh they still need to fix it so maddie bring up the screenshot i have right here this is from Tugi's stream he so he did a live stream in franchise mode if for anybody listening it's a trade between the boston bruins and the colorado avalanche and you can see the contracts and the salary caps currently the colorado avalanche who are a cpu team have 25 of 50 contracts on the books so half available contracts but they're only a million dollars under the salary cap so the they CPU, don't have an AHL team. The CPU doesn't know how to make a team. Oh, franchise wow. mode is broken. Yeah, look at that. Players on the so block. here's here's what he said about <laughs> oh that. My God. They have 25 slots available, but they're a million under the cap. He said the Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to re- explain oh, more what yeah. he said on that video, Jesse. This is great that you brought this up. Yeah, no, I was following along. Colorado Avalanche had just 25 of 50 possible players signed to contracts. That's enough to ice their NHL team. And they had just one forward defender and goalie in the AHL. That's it. 
The game, thankfully, will autofill the AHL roster yeah. if you don't. But at 25 contracts, a user will get a warning about not having enough players under contract. And the game will sign players for you if you don't address the issue. He said there's more. Uh, but there are those are the sort of the first issues that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So and, and here's the other thing he That's mentioned. That's unplayable. I, it's yeah. Also, I, oh, the other the other thing uh, that he mentioned was franchise mode. The sim settings are way off. Oh, um, I didn't see that. Evander Kane, I think, was leading the Oilers in points. Yeah, like, that one? Uh, and, and yeah. Connor McDavid had only eighty five. McDavid had sixteen goals yeah. on the year. Yeah, yeah. It was like you can't. Yeah, it broke the game. Yeah, and and here's what he said. He said, "So it's tough to say to people that they should buy the game right now because for most." There probably isn't enough of a change to warrant the purchase at full price. And knowing that sports games usually see heavy discounts on Black Friday in the holiday season, he said, I suggest people check out the game, but wait for a more complete state. And that that's the kind of shit where it's like I I always go back to this and I understand the need to make money. But sometimes you got to let people miss you. We go away in the summertime. We could in in theory, guys, if we sold more ads and we worked all the way through the summer. We could continue to do shows. The content would be a little thin. I think I'd die. Uh, We'd also (laughs) die. But we could continue to do shows. Imagine, okay, fuck the Simone Benoit LFR. Simone Benoit 90-minute podcast. Yeah, let's break (laughs) That would be, oh, there'd be nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. We would would have to go through his game log. Game by game. I would die of boredom. Yeah. In theory, we could have done it, though. And we could do it, and and we could we could have thin content, and we could probably really shortchange our listeners, right? There's that, probably a bunch of people who are like, I would watch that. Okay, yeah. you would. Most people would not. And you would. You would also look at us and go, you guys, like, what is this? And and advertisers. But but, but you guys, what but is this? Guess what? The more content that we produce on this show, uh, in theory anyway, the more money we could make, right? Sure. Sometimes you guys, have to put his, you guys spend an hour talking about Benoit. Like. You have to let people miss you, right? Let people miss you. And this is my issue with yearly sports games. They can't like when was the last time when did Red Red Red, Red Dead Redemption come out? 2018. And they're still sending updates. Uh, when did Grand Theft Auto 5 come out? Oh my god, 2013. And they're still sending updates. It's crazy. All the NHL needs to do and all EA needs to do is create a game and then hold back for two years. Continue updating the rosters. Yeah. Let people get into the ecosystem. Let them spend money on Hut and Shell and and build out their rosters so they're beautiful. But here's the other thing. So, so Then when the new one comes out and there are legitimate steps forward, people are going to go, fucking right, I want to play that early. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then that gives you the time to get this stuff right. Not only take a step forward, but also you're not going to have to patch in the first two weeks, which blows it for anybody that bought the X Factor edition. I think it's smarter and you'd probably make more money on balance if you just said, okay, this is our game and this is the game for two years. And then the next game is going to be the game for two years, maybe even three. And you're going to have people who are legitimately chomping at the bit to buy it. Let them miss you. Let no. Let them. No. Let it. Sometimes no. absence does no. make the heart grow fun. No. It's it's better when Nasher, who like you had on the synthetic ice, like shooting content with Rasmus Dahlin and like doing motion capture. It's better that he does a stream saying, "I hope I don't score this goal right now," and then he scores it because and and he just 
makes a face because he pulled off a of Michigan on his first attempt. Yep. And now every fucking goal is going to be a Michigan. And every jerk online is going to be. Yeah. Why, 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 and the why, only why, way why, why. to defend it is to skate into everything bent over yeah, ass out yeah. because the hip check. So basically what that is for those of you who don't know, they had hip checking in the game. Mm -hmm. Then they made it so that it was nerfed. Basically like you could, I I'm trying to think of the last time I saw a clean hip check in any NHL game. And now every hit is a hip check. <laughs> That's gotta be annoying. Every single, how many clean, beautiful hip checks? Do you see I per year? I maybe one, maybe like, one. It's like, it's probably more than that. It's not a ton. Yeah. It's very like even if you're on like a high hitting team. Like again, I go back to Truba. Think of the Rangers. Ah, uh, a dozen, a dozen. No, no. Th there was this brutal clip I saw. It might have been Tugi. It might have been someone else. It's three defenders going into the corner, all ass out, and everyone's just. Whoa tumbling over them like a empty coke bottle like it's just so shitty yeah and that's that's a bummer how yeah. like and, and on top of that there were login issues on the first day too people well, couldn't get in and like how does that get released like how do you like these are all really early preliminary observations that people are making mm -hmm. and it's like on their first playthrough oh this isn't good oh this isn't good this isn't good this isn't good comes down to staffing and money, probably. They're probably overwhelmed by the project and probably understaffed well, to it, be able to take it. At some point, does someone on that, you know, underpaid staff or under or overworked staff go, this isn't a sellable product? No, because they know people will buy it anyway and they'll, they'll just take your money. I, I, I keep saying this. The number one EASHL team consistently in the top five for months and months and months was called this team or it was called this game cost $125. That should have been, should have been uh, somewhat of a red flag to you yeah. that maybe this isn't up to snuff. Like, and it's a bummer. People a bummer were people. very critical of NHL 23. And I think we all bought into the PR campaign for 24, you know, and they did those interviews and I was really encouraged by a lot of it and they released the game and it sucks. Like, it, it, like here's where it's at. Like me and the Dangle Navy guys, like the EASHL team that I play with, um, we're like, all right, what's another game we could play? Because we all miss each other. Because we don't make time to play this game. Like this is the thing. Like we, it's and you want to, yeah. And like, like if they gave you a great game, you'd be more than happy to pay for it. Yeah. Like we're all getting a little older, and you know, I got a kid, and Myrtle's got kids, and he's on the team, and it's it's you know, difficult to find time, but we're all like, all right, let's find a game that we'll make time for so that we can play this because we miss each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. Bummer. You guys um, want to see the uh, McDavid screenshots? Yeah. McDavid's stats from franchise mode. So we'll start at uh, 36 what? games in. He had 11 goals and 17 assists for 28 points. Evander Kane led the team of 15, 21. Now, listen, his shooting percentage is going to regress to the mean. So he's going to go up to like 12, 13%. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's see. So wait, j just looking at the <laughs> plus minus, yeah. he's on the second line. 
With Dreisaitl? No, yeah. maybe he's on the first line with Dreisaitl. No, because Connor Brown, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Evander Kane have plus 25 and 28. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the second. Maybe maybe it's Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Ho Nugent Hopkins is centering the second line. Yeah. Well, so McDavid you know. is playing with Dreisaitl and Warren Fogle, yeah. by the looks of it. So that's, that's or no, Zach Hyman, probably. It's probably Zach Hyman, Hyman McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know? Oh, fart. Yeah. So anyways, so 36 games in, yeah. 11 goals, 17 assists, 28 points. And he finished the season with 33 goals, 58 assists, 85 points. But then look at the season before it, which is real life. The real life season. Can you imagine <laughs> if McDavid's point total went down? What's Eight. 53 plus 15? 70 points. <laughs> oh, 68 points. Ah, can you imagine? It's Ew. it's broken. He goes down by nearly fifty power play points. Twelve <laughs> <laughs> percent on the year. Oh dear. Took oh, this, Took also seventy less shots. Three hundred and fifty two to two hundred and seventy seven. Yeah, but the penalty minutes are bang on. McDavid beat these totals in fifty six games in twenty twenty one. Holy yo, that season was fucked. Yeah, McDavid was born in 97. Oh, is his age wrong? He can't. That's wrong. No, he's 27. No, but this season takes place a year in the future. Yeah, yeah. He's 27. He's 27. Yeah. No, I understand. Good flag. Good flag. Good flag. It did start at 26. Yeah. In January, he'll turn 27. Yeah. So this is, you know, and this is the thing is that, like, I think the community was really rooting for these guys. And I think that's where the disappointment comes from is. You guys, yeah. you already came out and and blew us up because GM Connected isn't going to come in for a couple more years because you don't even know how. <laughs> and you admitted that. I don't even know how we tackle that. Well, I don't know. Why don't you call the guy from 10 years ago who tackled it, created it? And then, okay. Yeah, call so we, NHL 24 or NHL 14. <laughs> yeah, we've had some good back and forth with the community. Tentatively, if they release an okay game, people are excited. Mm. And that's that's a bummer it's because the, this is stuff. I think the fe the feeling is that this is regression. There are previous oh, years. percent. There are previous years where this isn't a problem. Why is it a problem now? Oh, and that's that's the that's the bummer part. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for fans of the game. I do. Yeah, I do. But the I mean the pressure is all right. We need to fix hip checking, for example. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't. It's very obvious that they couldn't. It's broken. Um, but they have to, I guess there's a pressure that there needs to be change. So they just leave it in for us to all go, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then they're going to take it out. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what did I spend money on this for? Yeah. Like, and at, at what with the big discounts coming in November, uh, people are like, why would I buy it? Now? I'm going to, I'm going to buy this game if I'm being perfectly honest, cause I buy it every year, but I'm waiting. I haven't bought it since 2019. It's also a business write-off for us. And yeah, we can, <laughs> to be honest, we can yeah. stream it and play the game. Yeah. And uh, but like, I think yeah, it'll probably be in around those Black Friday sales. Yeah, when I'll pick it up and I'll play it in December. Yeah, there's a you know I did it, I did that with a couple Star Wars games. They released a couple bullshit Star Wars games, and I was like, uh, I think one of them actually, I think Squadrons or something was like free for a bit. And TJ's like, you might want to download it now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> they gave it away or whatever. It was like it was like five bucks or something. Right, but. I've had the same problem and EA runs the Star Wars stuff or at least did. Oh, yeah. So 
Battlefront 2, I don't know if you guys remember that launch, that was going to be major in my life because I had a I had a core four of guys mm -hmm. and we played Battlefront 1 all the time. And when Battlefront 2 came out, it was buggy. The only way to progress was to purchase. I remember there was a couple streamers at the time who spent to get your character max maximized, you either would have to grind for over 3,000 hours or something like that, or you could just pay $3,500 and buy 35. And they, and one of the, one of the guys, did, he's like, Fuck it. he's like, it's a write off for me. I'll just, I'll just get in there. Wow. And they would come in and dominate you, dominate you. And it took them about a year to right size it. And now it's actually playable. So people still play it. I'll jump on every once in a while. But my buddies lost interest. They don't play it. Like I miss them. Mm -hmm. um, like I don't. I don't have my my foursome anymore. Um, I have the I have the EA Pass thing where like games when they're like I don't know six months old or like eight months old they just go on EA Pass and you can like pick up Madden and just you download it for ten bucks a month. And oh, that's you pay cool. the subscription. So you Do you wait, guys have that? You gotta wait until like what February March? Yeah, but I use it for like. So, like, I'm not the biggest Madden guy. So, I'll, I don't mind waiting eight months to play the newest Madden. What about Chell? You know, but Chell, I end up buying it ahead of time, you know, full price or whatever. And you guys are or really good at it, Discount too. price. Wow. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Really good is, is relative. Um, uh, so, I, I wanted to tell you this funny story. And then we got a, we got an interview with um, oh, yeah. uh, we got an interview with Mike Camito. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up here talking about Leaf 365, but I wanted to tell you a couple of stories to do, do something really quick on this. First off, did you hear about James Harden showing up at the Sixers practice? No, I only heard the report that he was planning on showing up and being difficult. So he showed up, even though he said he would never play for the Sixers again, and Daryl Morey's a liar and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so he arrives at Sixers practice in Colorado. Uh, he attempts to do something similar to what Jimmy Butler did in Minnesota. And I don't know if you remember that story, but Jimmy Butler said, you starters are a bunch of bums. And he was calling out Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and a few other guys. And he said, I'm going to play with the backups and I'm going to win. And he did. And he did. And then an aspect of that that I didn't know about, he won and went to a pre-scheduled interview with Rachel Nichols. Wow. Because, so he's like, I'm going to beat them. And he was so confident he was going to beat them that he scheduled an interview where he was going to talk about how he beat them, and then he beat them, and then he went and talked about how he beat them. Crazy. <laughs> Philadelphia's starters outscored Harden's team 21-3. to <laughs> James Harden quickly left the facility after. <laughs> Adam, oh. this story's not real. Oh, it's not? Oh! You got to. It was, that was just a viral tweet. So that was, a, that was just a, damn it. That was just a Sixers fan who made up a tweet. All right. That well, that you was stink. I know. You I got bought, that. Adam. I got bought. You it. gotta, you gotta check your. It's sources. gonna happen. It's gonna happen. He, now. Um, he took part in his first practice of the season uh, for the 76ers. By all accounts, Harden was perfectly professional, and uh, he had a normal first day of practice. Okay. Yeah. Last thing I want to say. <laughs> Damn it. I That's wanted that to the, be that true so bad. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Inherit bias. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about this, okay? Because Mike Camino is going to be the last. We're going to have the interview with Mike, but I want to ask you about this insane food take with producer Drew and Cam Stewart yesterday. Mm -hmm. Jesse, I sent it to you over text. Can you please bring this up? Because I, I don't I don't know if you know this, but I did talk to Drew after he gave this and Cam said, are you out of your mind? Now, we thought we'd reach the bottom of the barrel of horrible producer Drew food takes. Mm -hmm. no, He's got bad takes generally, but his food takes. He'll take a handful of Skittles, half chew them, and then squirt ketchup directly into his mouth and be like, dinner. Like he's a <laughs> that child. That's like something he would say. He's a child when um, it comes to his food. But I want you to... 
How do you normally take your turkey, by the way? What do you like on your turkey? It's Thanksgiving in Canada. What do you like? Uh, I mean, gravy, man. Do you like a little cranberry sauce? Uh, a little cranberry sauce. I'm not a huge cranberry guy. I like when there's a hint. Jesse, how about you? How do you like your cran- how do you like your turkey? Um, Light meat, dark meat, gravy, no gravy. No gravy, cranberry sauce. That's how I like it. Okay. Yeah, I like the the breast portion, not the drumsticks. Okay. Or the wings. Oh. You know? I like I like slices of turkey. Drumsticks are super hit and miss. Yeah, I'm not the biggest turkey drumstick, but yes, yeah, so give me some slices of turkey with some cranberry sauce. I'll here's I'll devour that. Here's what producer Drew says. <laughs> I like the little left. Oh yeah. All right. I'm more of a pecan pie than pumpkin pie. That good. Oh, 100 percent pumpkin Even pie. Even though is I disgusting. like both. It's no, like no, it's like eating both. vomit on crust. Like it's just what? hold on. That's I, I not even a little it. Bit harsh on pumpkin pie. I just prefer no. a pecan pie with a little bit of whipped cream on top. That's oh pecan that's pie with pie. the and you get the chocolate drizzle. You oh, get the chocolate yeah. pecan pie. Oh god, you got me. I'm gonna get a boner pretty soon. You're not allowed to eat that <laughs> stuff anymore. I'm allowed to have one bite of it, and I do. I, I don't <laughs> care. Like, Don diabetes. Sometimes you just got to say I'm having a little bit of that. And There's no one on earth like no. It's not like if I ate a whole pie, you might be getting the paddles out, but I can still have a couple of bites. Like, it's right. not like it's, uh, hang on. The pa- like fair, the defibrillator. Fair. Are you a cranberry yeah. sauce guy? Hold on. Hmm? Are you a cranberry sauce guy with your not turkey? No, nah, cranberry sauce is, uh, I like it, but I can't really dip it. I'm, I'm a gravy guy. I'm a mashed potato guy. I'm a ham guy, a turkey guy, and I'm a pecan pie guy with, and I do like chocolate drinks. Cam, okay, sneaky tip beets like beets you get in the jar the purple beets use that instead of cranberry sauce for the turkey what that's amazing that's what i do beets beets yeah suck. beets literally like, no literally like, the pink beets you like best beets? thing ever with turkey and you're coming at me for something like you like Damn, delicious oh delicious i'd eat them out of the jar it's one of the only through i'd like eat dirt it's one of the only things i don't like buy at the store like if somebody served me beets i'd be like yeah i'll eat it but what? No, like, put it on your turkey. It's really? better than cranberry sauce. People are like, Drew? that sounds disgusting. Trust it me. It really does. Just... I'm actually, I'm very, I'm actually shocked. Right oh my god! Wow. No, fired. It's, it's it's amazing. It's uh, more like producer vacant. Uh, he also he likes them pickled. Okay, pickled beets. Pickled is. I've heard of it. I mean, it's better than just the vegetable that tastes like dirt. And if you forgot you ate it, you think you're dying the next day. <laughs> That's right, because it turns everything red. Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> Drew, that is the most unhinged. They're not the same. That's the thing. Oh. It's like they're completely different flavors. Oh. One is sweet and tasty, and the other's beets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you like you like chocolate ice cream? You know what? <laughs> Don't put caramel on it. Mm. No. Put um all dressed seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not comparing equal entities. Yeah, no, Steve, try like steak pizza? spice. Do you yeah? like pizza? Yes, I do. You're, you're a pizza fan. Have you ever tried celery? Ooh. On my pizza? No, just in general. No. Just eat celery instead of pizza. Mm. Same thing. Mm. Fucking like, no. It <laughs> doesn't make sense, Drew. Also, pump, pumpkin pie is so good. I really, I, there are people who don't like it. Yeah, I think it's I've heard that. Overrated? But oh. I will crush a pumpkin pie. You yeah. put it in front of me. Huge pumpkin pie mm. guy. And the beets aren't the same as cranberry sauce. What I don't, the f- I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to hear that. Let's bring on Mike Camito with his new book, Leafs 365. And then we're done? I think we're done, right? Oh, okay. You want to do a press conference? No, Mike gets the extra. All right. Uh, we could get the interview started because Steve was doing Puck Doku. Uh, but for a reason, right, Steve? Well, because it's from Mike Camito. Hey. Hey. Show Mike. 
he's in a hotel room somewhere because he's on a book tour like a rock star. Isn't that right, Mike? I wish that was the case. I'm actually at a conference right now, and I snuck oh. out to, to chat with you guys. Oh, amazing. What's the conference, Mike? Cool guy conference. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish. It's actually about uh, uh, diesel powertrains in the mining industry, All if you right. couldn't believe that. Yes, yeah. I like it. Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was how to have a great 5 o'clock shadow. But no, oh, yeah. but no. <laughs> so, Mike, listen, you got your new book. It's uh, Leafs 365. It wouldn't be a hockey season if Mike wasn't coming out with a book. Mike, tell us about it. Yeah, so if, if you've heard of the other uh, books in the series, Hockey 365, it's basically 365 short stories for every day of the year. But this book obviously focuses exclusively on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm pretty excited about that. I've obviously been a, a diehard Leafs fan as long as I can remember and to dive in and do the, the team history of the team I love was, was a lot of fun. How many tragedies have you written? <laughs> <laughs> this this is the first. Yes, this is the first. Comedy, tragedy, it's got everything. Uh, at some point, and I, I run into this when I write about the Leafs sometimes, were you like, all these stories are sad. I, I should, I, I, I need more positive stories. Did, did you run into that problem? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a few where I re reliving those moments, um, but I think it was almost cathartic kind of writing and talking your way through it. I mean, you'll remember this one, obviously, because it wasn't that far back, but it was 10 years ago. Um, I remember, you know, May 13th, 2013, 4-1 um, no. lead. No. And uh, oh, the way God. I tried to, like, work my way through that story was I remember writing an email to my uncle saying, like, I can't believe the Leafs are going to the second round but there was a part of me that knew that I shouldn't have sent that email. So I saved it as a draft oh. and then put my phone back in my pocket. And then I obviously deleted that email, never got sent to my uncle. But that's kind of how I worked my way. I made that the story rather than focusing on the collapse, although the collapse is the story. It was more about trying to you know, navigate the ups and downs of, of being a Leafs fan. I've heard so many stories like that, and it's all like like the the eager beachgoers in Jaws. Come on in, the water's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. What's your not. What's your not. favorite positive Leaf story in the book? Are you allowed to give it away? Just your favorite one? That's that's a happy story. Yeah, I mean there there are quite a few, and I think that's kind of the fun thing is that as much as like we know that there's been a lot of misery, you know, especially in our lifetime of, of Leafs fans of our vintage, but. You know, I mean, there are those moments that you can appreciate. I mean, I think for me, the nice thing was, you know, while the book was being finalized and proofread, they let me sneak in, you know, that uh, the the first round win over the Tampa over Tampa this past oh, season, right? And so I was kind of editing editing on the fly. So like that was a fun one for me, um, just because obviously I hadn't experienced that for for a number of years. But I mean, even stories like uh, you know Austin Matthews four goal debut. Like that's we've obviously been talking about that now for seven years, but the reason I really like that one is because for me it was a personally special moment because uh, my daughter, my first daughter, was only two weeks old at that time. She watched the game with me. She slept through it, obviously in her teeny tiny Maple Leafs pajamas. But for me to experience that moment, it's great uh, with her. And I think for a lot of Leafs fans, that story and other stories like that kind of transport them to a time of their life where they say, "I remember that game," but I also remember because I was with my dad or I was with my you know, my brother-in-law at that game and, and we experienced that together. So I think moments like that are where you can kind of see your own life and, and relive those moments. I love that, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Being a Leaf fan is great. Did you, <laughs> did, did you have to get permission to use the Leaf logo on the cover and also the Felix Potvin mask on the cover? 
No, so I have a, a great graphic designer who who, who had illustrated the previous uh, two covers, Ron Beltrami, and uh, because it's not exactly the Leafs logo, it obviously harkens back to the shape of the Leaf, uh, and the the Podman mask is a bit of a, a play off the actual mask. We were we were good on that front. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I am setting my phone to steal, and I will text you. Interesting. Interesting. Steve's trying to beat some copyright law. Yeah. Right. So, so Mike, the book is available when? It's available now? No. Uh, you can pre-order it now. It's technically the fir- the official release date is October 17th, so just, uh, just in time for the start of the season, although the season will be underway. Uh, but, I mean, typically if you order something from – you know, pre-order something from Amazon or Indigo or wherever you like to get books. It usually arrives earlier than that that date. Is there anything on diesel powertrains in the mining industry? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I might have to bring the book in there and kind of liven it up a I little want, bit. I want next year this. when we have you on, I want 365 days of straight diesel. All right? That's what I want. <laughs> Just all that oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want to know... What leaf did you put in Puck Doku for 365 plus career goals? Oh, so um, I'm trying to, I, I did it this morning. I honestly can't even remember who I used for that. You were stumped. Uh, oh, no, I remember. It was, it was, it was uh, Dave Keon, and he's just below that threshold. Oh, I did uh, Ron I think, Francis, 2%. Oh, not bad. That's a good one. Yeah, good call. Like that. All right. Well, listen, uh, uh, Mike, thanks so much for being on. Yeah. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, we, w- we will see you, uh, I'm sure, when the next book comes out, probably next, what, October? Habs 365 next October. No way. Oh, really? my God, Mike. Yeah. Oh, baby. Have you announced that? Yeah. Is, this, is this new news? Uh, no, I announced it earlier, but, like, okay. yeah, it's, it's so this time next year, I'll have a different shirt on. It'll probably be a Ken Dryden mask. Uh wow. <laughs> That'll be a different experience as a Leafs fan trying to write about the Habs, but it's been fun so far. I love it. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.